welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan and joined by Ski. Yo, yo. And Brent. Present. And today we are going to be recapping season three, episode seven, Strange Bedfellows. Now, I thought that. Strange indeed. Just in case anybody isn't sure the format, we uh, do our recap where we talk about our favorite lines of the episode, give our MVPs out at the end. And then rate our episode out of eight slices of cheesecake as we're working towards mm-hmm. uh, determining what the greatest episode of the entire series is. The greatest. And uh, typically, Ski does our recap, and today will be our normal format. So Ski's going to go ahead and kick it off with our recap. Did we have any viewer mail? Uh, you know, actually, we did. We did have one viewer comment, I guess. Nice, nice. Um, was it Trisha P. again? No, it wasn't Trisha P. It was... Um, was it Numi? No, it wasn't Numi. Was it Princess My Idol? No, it was not Princess My Idol. Was it Amichi Panda? It was, yes. Nice. And it's, <laughs> and Welcome I guess, back, Amichi Panda. I guess it's Amichi Panda. A what, what? Uh, like John Amichi, like that's how it's pronounced. Who? John Amichi. John Amichi? Yeah. Who is that? Uh, I know Don Amichi. Maybe that's it. I'll, <laughs> let me pull up the comment here real quick, and then uh, we can determine... Well, before you read it, I would just like to preemptively apologize for butchering your, your Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, Don Amici, that's correct. Don? Okay, Don yeah. Amici. Okay. Yeah. So there you that's go. That's fun. Yeah, so it says, uh, hey, Alan Britinski, Laura, a.k.a. Amici Panda, like Don Amici, I realize I gave you some slight misinformation about Nancy Walker not returning to the show. Mm-hmm. She had not passed away at that time. She actually had a scheduling conflict at the time, so the mm-hmm. show introduced Angelo, played by Paul Dana, to be a replacement. Mm-hmm. Nancy Walker actually didn't pass away until 1992, mm-hmm. a little bit before Golden Girls ended. Gotcha. I do apologize for the misunderstanding. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I just think it was. I don't think that she misrepresented. I just think that I. You know, it wasn't, uh, I didn't look further into gotcha. the explanation. Gotcha. Um, well, to be on, entirely honest, how much of this really <laughs> is well, well, consequential? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's great, though, to give any bit of little extra information oh, yeah. to exactly. a casual Golden Because I, I would say that the three of us really love the Golden Girls, but we're still casual f- fans. Wouldn't you agree? Sure. So do you think we're above casual fans? Yes. What do you think? What level would we be at, though? Because there are fans who like really know deep history of it, and then there's us. Um, you may be a little further uh, along that line than Ski and I are, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we're three quarters of the way across. Okay. Like if you know, if you had casual at one end and okay. fanatic at the other end. I'd say we're closer to the fanatic side. Well, sure. I mean, I guess if you're doing a podcast based exactly. around, you know, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. You know, if we're putting two and a half hours a week into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I would say, in all honesty, I would say we're less fanatics about the Golden Girls yeah, than we are I, I about I don't know how well out. I would do at like a trivia game. Yeah. Which I think we've talked about trying to do that mm-hmm. in one of the episodes, right? I hope by the end of this, though, that we would do fairly well oh, at us. I think um, at the end we'll be experts. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, we might be fuzzy on a few older details, like, oh, remember back in season two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which of the Big Daddy Hollingsworths was that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she also wanted to say to please let Ski know that she spent the uh, most of the recent season recap episode convinced that his alias was because you are a secret agent. Um, <laughs> what was his alias? Uh, I think just Ski. Um, oh, gotcha. And, and that she thought that was because he was a, a secret agent. Now, yeah. I, I told her that I appreciated the uh, the 
yeah. clarification on exactly. the information, then we would certainly pass it on. And, and I thank her for thinking that I'm a secret agent. Well, I told her that I could not confirm nor deny whether you were, because if I did, we'd lose one listener. Um, <laughs> and out one of necessity. Co-host. Yeah. <laughs> so. Handlers would scoop him up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was our. Uh, we told you this was a bad idea. You'd also agent lose person. one. You'd lose one recapper also. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that that was our only uh, yeah. our only contact this week. We did yeah. get a couple new, um, you know, people following the Twitter account. I was thinking if I actually got active with the Twitter account yeah. again, then it could actually have a little reach. I mean, we have like thirty four, thirty five uh, yeah. people following us on Twitter. Nice. Um, you said thirty four, thirty five, something like that. Nice. Yeah, that's thirty four, thirty five more than I've got following me on mine. Yeah, you don't have a Twitter account though, right? No. <laughs> so, but you should. You should get one. You uh, think so? No, probably not. Uh, it would just. Be I would probably never just be as honest. dead as the Facebook account that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it every once in a while. I enjoy it. Uh, I mean, but I don't use it. All. I mean, yeah. I've probably done a personal tweet. Yeah. 10, 15 times yeah. maybe, and that's over the course of probably six seven years or whatever it's been yeah. that i've had the account so it's yeah I, I always have this idea that like i would like to get involved in social media and be more active in yeah. it but then it just never ends up you know yeah. I, I don't have the stain power and that's i've never really gotten into facebook as far as a personal account there just yeah. because for the most part i feel like the people that i want to know how their lives are going mm-hmm. and how things are yeah are the people i'm still in contact with yeah um, and the people that I went to high school with, you know, more power to them. I hope they're doing great, mm-hmm. but I don't really need updates. And if mm-hmm. there is anything big, Sherry tells me. Yeah. So she's connected to all of that. So, right yeah. on, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of good people that, uh, you know. On both sides. Yeah. <laughs> people that I went to high school with and people that I didn't go to high exactly. school with. <laughs> exactly. So both sides I'm sure that's a very true statement. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Um, I would actually say that. I would say that most people that fall into either category are good people. Um, (laughs) I saw something the other day. Um, So Microsoft, their AI thing. Uh, Is that Cortana? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know if it's actually her or a different AI that they developed or whatever. But anyways, they got it at Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, like, within, like, 36 hours, it was, um, like, spouting Nazi propaganda. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. So that's why. It's like, I, I don't need to be out there. Not that I'm that impressionable, mm-hmm. but it's like, why bother? <laughs> so. I don't know, Brent. Uh, you might be a little more impressionable than you think. So. Really? <laughs> no, probably not. I think I'd actually say that you are... Uh, the most dogmatic person you know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, you are almost unwilling to change opinions on things out of principle more than anything else. So, if I find a winner, I'll back it to the bitter end. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Or at least what you perceive to be a winner. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, isn't that always how it is? Yeah, I guess so. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I did think I'd give you guys just a real short update that we are coming off of. Two weeks ago, we had 173 listens, nice. which was our best week ever. Okay. Uh, the week after that, so last week, we had 180 listens. Oh, wow. a new best. Back to back. Yeah, and this <laughs> week, we're in the midst of, uh, it's not going to probably top those two weeks, but yeah. it's another really solid week. It'll be like a top three, top four week. So oh, wow. Very nice. Yeah. So things are definitely trending in the right direction. Very nice. Yeah. And, and we're glad you get a partake in that amici panda mm-hmm. so. yeah very much so thank you to everybody yeah, yeah so. thank you yeah 179 other people as well right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that uh, i think i think we're then ready now to hand it over to ski for the recap um yeah sure
Did hey, you uh, have something? No, I was just going to say, I think this is, um. so this is our third episode in six days that we've recorded. Yes. And I think, so Ski will now have the record for most recaps within <laughs> a six-day period. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Did someone else have that record prior? No, no, it was just, I don't think previously within six days, anybody had had more than two. Oh, okay. So this is just a new, a new record. Yeah. Yeah, so now we, we he has set a new record the, the for recaps turnaround in a six-day period. Guess. Yes. Correct, correct. So. The previous record was two recaps in mm-hmm. six days. <laughs> well, you're doing a fine job, Ski, with you two are. recaps. Eh, I'll do an all right job. <laughs> I, I would disagree with that assessment. So, But yeah, I guess with that, uh, I guess we're ready for you then, Ski. I, oh, I did want to add something before oh, sure. we start. Yeah. I was thinking after all this is done, since I've been saving uh, at least most of these electronically now. Uh-huh. You guys go on the IMDb page for each episode ever? Or? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, almost every time I, I, I look to you did. check yeah. the, there's the a guest section, stars. There's a section on there for add a synopsis. Oh yeah. Well, oh. most of them don't have a synopsis in there already. Yeah. So I'm thinking after like at the end of each season or something, maybe getting in there. Now I don't know. Do you have to get an IMDb like yeah. membership? You think? Log well, I don't think it's one? a membership. Yeah, yeah I think there's like a free account. account. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's you right. have. I don't yeah. think you have to pay. Have, I'm just saying. You don't have to join SAG or anything. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking I could put it to good use, and exactly. whoever comes after us can use Very the synopsis. Nice. It sounds good to me. Put it, put it uh, out into the world, you know? Yeah. I always like it when you give back to the community in a non-court-mandated <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all benefits very few, in all honesty. But someone's like, hey, yeah, instead of watching it, I'll read about it for... Exactly. Uh, uh, what I would like for might you... might say to, in a few minutes. If you could do, a, like, a find replace before you upload... Uh-huh. And then you like your recaps is like, and then the lady in the blouse told the lady in the sweater. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> to just make it look like you don't even know the names exactly. of any of the characters that you're exactly. And then the short one said to the dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it like an individual one? <laughs> it's just exactly. individual two. Exactly. And then the one that wore the pirate costume that one time, she said. <laughs> Just be that. That's the name going forward. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We should, well, if we're going to do that, we need to find some really obscure ones. Exactly. And then Alvin's friend was making lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> now are we ready? I'm ready. Okay. You guys good? You ready, Brian? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> Fire All right, away. Yep. Here we go. Strange we go. Bedfellows. Yeah. Season three, episode seven. Aired uh, originally November 7th, 1987. Written by Mr. Christopher Lloyd and directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we open in the living room. We see a group of uh, roughly a dozen people gathered at the uh, Golden's living room listening to a gentleman named Gil Kessler. He uh, thanks Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche for hosting the event and also thanks the crowd for their support in his run for city councilman. Uh, he tells them all to uh, remember his slogan, Gil Kessler for city councilman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good line right Inspired. off the top. Inspired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I did want to mention, I guess I should have said this probably 30 seconds ago or so, but I wanted to read you guys this one little paragraph uh, that I came across. About Batman? Yes. And <laughs> Alas, the storm has come again. My best way is to creep under his gabardine. There is no other shelter here about. Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. That is uh, the first, uh, at least, known use of the term strange bedfellows, okay. and that was by William Shakespeare. It's Does anybody want to guess which of his... Uh, Hamlet. Nope. Do you want to give that. a guess? Othello? Nope, nope, nope. Twelfth Night? No. Midsummer Night's Dream? No. 
But you, you have a good knowledge of different yeah. uh, plays. You just haven't hit on the one yet. Romeo and Juliet? No. It's Henry VIII? No. Uh, Caesar? No. Romeo and Juliet? He just said that, but no. it's still no. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been hurt if you said yes okay. to his. It, it, was, uh, it was The Tempest. Oh. Yeah. I never his, read that one. That was his very last one. Yeah, so... Uh, See, around 1610 to 11, said somewhere in that time frame. Real trendsetter, that Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's at least the origins. Now, there was a movie under the same name mm-hmm. as well in the 60s and plenty of other you know references, of course, but yeah. that's the first known use of it. Yeah, um, and the reason I knew that the, the Tempest was his last uh, thing was because Bob Dylan, um, eight, nine years ago, he released an album called Tempest. Hmm. And people were like, oh, you know, it's going to be like his farewell album as well. Swan song. And he got a little annoyed. He's like, no, his was called The Tempest, and mine is just called Tempest. Two (laughs) totally different things. (laughs) (laughs) But then he went like nine years without releasing another album of original material. And I was like, well, maybe it just will become a sort of thing. De facto, right? Yeah. But then he released Rough and Rowdy Ways. You're a pretty big Bob Dylan fan. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many albums bob dylan has released at this point i think rough and rowdy ways was of original material uh, i think it was number 40 40 40 that's pretty impressive oh my gosh yeah. that is insane that's yeah. a lot how old is he at this point roughly uh he was born like 1938 okay so that'd make him what 74 or something like that 73 something you like say that. 38 yeah so he'd be like uh no he'd be like 80 wouldn't he no, wait. What year did you say he was born? Like 38. Yeah, 38. So that'd be... So it'd be 62, 62 80, plus another 20. Like 82? 83? 82, 83? Hmm. Does that seem right, or does that seem older than you think? Seems a smidge older, so maybe it was like 42. Oh, okay. Still, so, though. Yeah. You know. I mean, but 40 albums and, you know, As less than 80 years, years yeah. <laughs> or roughly 80 years, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, um, I figure a lot of those years he wasn't doing shit, just, you know, mm-hmm. drinking bottles and <laughs> exactly. throwing up on himself. You want me to see if I can list all 40 in chronological order? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps uh, we'll do a podcast. Maybe our next one will be where each episode you tell me about some either known or obscure band um, or musical act that you have a particularly mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. extensive knowledge of. Okay. And then you can list it then. Okay. <laughs> so all you have to do wait two and a half years and then yeah. see if the decision is made to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You sound so disappointed. <laughs> a noble goal. I'd like to think I could do it. Well, I don't doubt that you I could can do it, but... I could probably name them all. Maybe not quite in chronological order, but I'd be pretty darn close. Well, then it's it's not even a skill. <laughs> <laughs> I can name all 40 in chronological order. With your Wikipedia? Exactly right. <laughs> it would Assuming be, Wikipedia is right. Well, that would probably even be really challenging, because Brent's talking specifically about the 40 that have original material. Mm-hmm. So oh, that would be true. would Wikipedia have it organized in such a way. That's true. Um, so No covers, right? Well, it, I'm assuming he has a few albums. Well, I guess are, I was talking like no like live albums or, or compilations yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but. So. I am. Um, Bob has his own line of whiskey now. Oh, really? And I've been, you know, perusing it, sampling it, and everything. So, do you um, enjoy it? Yeah. Are you a whiskey man? I am now. Um, I gave up beer for the year. Oh. Um, so I had to start drinking alcohol. <laughs> 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 and so, like, the first bottle I bought was um, a bottle of Tennessee bourbon. Um, and now I've discovered that rye is my drink of choice. And he has a rye, but it's like $80 a bottle. Oh, jeez. So I'm waiting for something to celebrate, uh, you know purchase one of those is this because you're such a big fan of the song american pie 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, um, I just really like rye. I'm not sure why, but it's. You better. almost rhymed there. Uh, yeah. Well, he didn't yeah. almost. He did. Well, exactly. Uh, he almost did like three in a row. Oh, okay. And then stopped himself there, short. Well, there was a near rhyme first. And yeah, then rye. I don't know why. Yeah. It would have been nice if you would have kept it going for the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> you don't listen to 40 Bob Dylan albums without learning a thing or two about <laughs> meter <laughs> and rhyme. So. I don't remember who interrupted that time, but uh, we'll go ahead and turn it back over to you, Ski, for Gills. It was you. Wasn't you wanted me? to talk about The Tempest. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and The Tempest <laughs> led us in yeah. to, to Bob Dylan. Exactly. Very good. So it was just Tempest. Ski. They're totally different. Yeah, They're so totally it was my different. fault for interrupting. Brent uh, just carried the ball that yeah. I, you know. But check out that most recent album, Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. It's okay. really, really good. I think Tempest would have been a better final album, but the new one is solid, so I'm glad we got it. Well, and he's still around, so there's yeah. still maybe one more in him. Who knows? Can I tell you, like, this story about the last time I saw Bob Dylan in concert? Yeah, sure. Um, just such, such a baller move. Um, so uh, my wife had never seen him in concert before, and so I was really excited, okay? and Was it here in Indy? <laughs> it was at White River State Park. And he was touring behind the third of his three albums of Frank Sinatra covers. Okay. Um and and the last one was called Triplicate because it was a three record set of Frank Sinatra songs. Hmm. Um, so he had you know uh, five pieces of vinyl out there of nothing but Frank Sinatra songs, and that's what he wanted to sing. Right. And the crowd was not having it. <laughs> um, so like he sang um, Frank Sinatra songs for about a good solid hour, and people were getting you know kind of upset. And then he busted out um, one of his biggest hits, Tangled Up in Blue. Oh, okay. And it was a slightly different arrangement. And so it took people a verse or two to figure out what it was. Like, where's he going with this? Exactly. But then they got super excited, like, yay, now he's playing the hits. And then he took a break. Um, and the, the crowd <laughs> sort of came down. But then, you know, they were they were ready for him to come back and, you know, put on the real show. And he came back and did like another hour of Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really, really upset. Um, and it was just such a baller move. <laughs> but they needed um, a blowing in the wind for an encore. Oh, okay. Or Mr. Tambourine Man, one of those two. Something so, something yeah. popular or, you exactly. know, a Bob yeah. Dylan song. Exactly. It's funny you say that. And, and it, it makes sense that you would feel like it was uh -huh. such a baller move uh -huh. because... I had this whole <laughs> intro that I was kind of kicking around because yeah. um, I assumed you would interrupt me as you often yeah. do when I say hello. Uh -huh. And I was going to introduce myself. I was going to say, for your entertainment, I am Alan. For uh, your education, there is Ski. <laughs> and for his own entertainment, <laughs> there is Brent. <laughs> but, but you didn't do it, so I lost the opportunity. So I just had to go with the standard. Exactly. <laughs> well. I think I told you this story before, um, but again, it has to do with um, just Bob Dylan annoying people. Did I tell you about um, when I was at the Pizza Hut down in oh, yeah. Evansville, mm. and they had um, Dylan's Time Out of Mind album on the jukebox. Now, how long is that? To... Uh, well, the, the last track, Highlands, is 17 minutes. <laughs> it's a good long song, <laughs> and yeah. It's, um, so it's 17 minutes, and it's basically like the same guitar riff over and over with Bob like, a man walked up to me in a coat, asked me if I was registered to vote. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> simple rhymes like that. Um, 
Um, I ordered some crepes and please make them Suzette. Like it was just, <laughs> right. it was, it's really, really good. But anyways, you put that on the jukebox at a pizza hut, you know, <laughs> people are, you know, slightly annoyed. But if you put in your dollar and you make all four selections, that song, <laughs> they will freaking riot. <laughs> Yeah, never I, been so happy with myself as I was that day. Well, I think you told me about there was a, a guy sitting yeah. uh, annoyed at it. It finally went off, and he looked relieved, and then it came right exactly. back on. Gosh dang it. Exactly. I feel like you've done that a couple times, haven't you? Different times. Man. Yeah. That's a classic Brent move. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so much more for your own enjoyment than anyone else's. That's <laughs> pretty you were solid humor-wise. Right? Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. You were with someone, though, right? My little sister. Okay, yep. so you guys got to enjoy yeah, the, exactly. the hilarity together. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyways. So I'm sorry, Skeet. Go ahead. No, Tell us about are... some strange bedfellows. That's what makes this thing uh, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where were we? We uh, were talking about Gil Kessler for city councilman. Yeah, we were, we were by Terry motto. Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he left off his his, his amazing slogan. Right. Uh, Sophia enters the room uh, in her robe, if I recall, and she hears this, uh, you know, rather lackluster slogan. She pokes fun about, you know, how bland the phrase is. Dorothy then grabs her mother's arm and kind of escorts her to the kitchen. Dorothy reminds her mother that she'd agreed to stay in her room until after the uh, the meeting was over. And she asks, who am I, Alf? Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I always like when very they timely. reference. Yeah, exactly. I love when they reference things that are actually going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd I mean, buy some pogs with Sophia on them. What's that? I'd buy pogs. Oh, with certainly, Sophia. yeah. <laughs> Remember if the Gold Girls? Back in pog back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. One of the best lines from The Simpsons. Yeah. Exactly. I bet the like pirate Sophia. That'd be a thumper. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play with pogs? No. Your, yeah. Pogs are probably slightly past your time, right? Because I yeah. think they were even a little past. They, my, my brother had some pogs. Were okay. they just like tiddly winks on steroids? Well, I mean, they're just little. Yeah, these little discs that yeah. you would stack up and then throw a big one at. I yeah. think I, I don't. I never played with them, yeah. uh, but I do remember them when they were very popular. Yeah. I. <laughs> And this is going to make me sound slightly older than I am. Um, but I remember like... Tiddlywinks makes you sound <laughs> slightly older we, than you are. I remember me and the neighborhood kids, you know, shooting marbles when I was <laughs> in elementary school. Was, did you do that after you walked down the street with like the metal <laughs> circle that you would push along with your on stick? The stick? Yeah. yeah. No, we didn't do that, but we did We did shoot marbles. Okay. So, so I, I, I don't... I. I forget even how we got into them, but we all had them. It's like, ooh, I got look, I got a new cat sign. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I had marbles as a kid, but never as, uh, and I never. You didn't play for like keep season no, stuff. No, no, never. I don't ever remember playing with them at all, other oh. than you know, in any kind of a, a game format. Uh, uh, so. Closest I get to that is I think uh, I don't know if it was probably wasn't middle school. It was probably like grade school. Uh, do you guys remember the little pink muscle men? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, for a while there, like there, yeah. we had like a weird trade thing going on at uh, yeah. lunchtime, mm. and like uh, there's this one kid. He must have had a ton because he was always selling them for like a dime or something after lunch. Mm. And <laughs> so I'd ask my mom for a little extra lunch money, yeah. <laughs> and I just buy but, these muscle men. But like, um, muscle was like an acronym or something, right? 
It sound, yeah, yeah, it had uh, periods, I think, after, but yeah. I have no idea what the acronym was. It was like, it was probably absurd. Yeah, like, like men under sweaty cats. Let's <laughs> eat. <laughs> yeah, I had a ton of muscle, man. I was not the one selling them to ski because I think this was slightly before. No, I think uh, it was yeah, he came grade to school, high school. Mm-hmm. But one of the times I got in trouble when I was a kid. Now I was a, a latchkey kid growing up, <laughs> yeah. and. You know, that would include, like, if my mom was, you know, going out with a friend or something like that. You know, I would occasionally be left home alone. Like and, Uncle Ted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how old I was when, when that started, but I would say that at the time this incident I'm about to say happened, I was probably in the ballpark of 10. Okay. You know, somewhere between 8 and 10, yeah. I would guess. And I got the idea to uh, cook some musclemen in the microwave. Oh, no. Um, And those little pink guys, they turned to bubbly black. Uh And (laughs) the smell completely filled the apartment. Uh (laughs) And then, I don't know, I want to say like five minutes after I was done with this project, my mom got home (laughs) and immediately realized that something was amiss. Did you at least put them on a plate or anything? Yeah, I did put them on a plate. So they didn't ruin the microwave, but it had to be left open for, you know, hours uh, to, to. Whatever, whatever cooked next was delicious. Right, I bet. Yeah. yeah, I definitely got in some trouble for that uh, that dumb decision. I was working at um at a Burger King when Little Mermaid came out, and so um the kids' meal toys were all Little Mermaid themed oh, okay. or whatever. And um, a guy that I knew came in and ordered a fish sandwich, so I grabbed a handful of uh, flounder toys and threw them into the deep fryer <laughs> and melted <laughs> them some bitches up and put it on a bun. I, I have no idea like what sort of toxic chemicals i had right. into the deep fryer but it was a good laugh <laughs> yeah i'd imagine there's probably a handful of people that have cancer now thanks to you <laughs> whoever got the next you know like 50 <laughs> fried <laughs> items out of that <laughs> but you know but at least you got a laugh <laughs> exactly exactly maybe they got a settlement though you know from it the plastics be. industry in general mm-hmm. well they wouldn't have known that that's where it was from well they can trace like certain things like if like, a, I mean, they I'm do sure studies they to find out what carcinogens are present. They just blamed it on the mesothelioma people. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> just got in on that. Action. Exactly. So, anyways, so where were we at, Ski? I oh. think we're at the point where Sophia's walked into the room about 30 seconds oh, into yeah, the episode. So, yeah, Dorothy, like, was, you know, hey, I thought you were going to stay in the in your room while we had our meeting. And say, who am I, Alf? Uh, they discuss uh, Gil, the, count, the councilman uh, candidate, for a few seconds. They talk about, you know. They both have the consensus that he's a, a bit of a wimp, mm-hmm. uh, but but an honest and devoted civic leader, uh, Dorothy proclaims. Uh, Sophia doesn't like Gil, but can't quite put her finger on why she doesn't trust what she doesn't trust about him, mm-hmm. why she doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy asks her to uh, remain in the uh, in the kitchen for the duration of the event, which at this point I gather is getting kind of wound down. Yeah. Right. Sophia asks if uh, yeah she's really that embarrassed by her. And at first, Dorothy says, no, no. But then, you know, as she's walking toward the door, kind of reconsiders and realizes, no, that is it, Ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I really like that. That uh, was a good. Just the way she stopped there, thought just, about it for a second, yeah. and then turned around. That is like, it, yeah. Yes, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we it, we had quite a few scene changes in this one. They're little vignettes almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we changed scene, but now uh, we see the three hosts saying their goodbyes to Gil after the uh, other visitors have all left. He tells them that his uh, wife is out of town and he'll likely be up the you know half the night picking out his, quote, tie, sock, and hanky combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a lot of time to spend for such a, uh, I don't know, 
a, a small amount of <laughs> of matching. <laughs> you know, hey, image, Alan, image. Oh, uh, it's true. In I mean, the world I guess of if politics, you're, yeah, if you're a politician, you definitely need those things to match. It does seem though that you know it's still a local election, like in councilman. I don't gather that's much more than like very local, like town. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, like not probably, even state level. Exactly. Yeah, like something like for your district. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's in the name city councilman. Well, that's so. true. Okay, so but the city of Miami, a city councilman. Yeah, that's, if that's you know maybe a little bit higher of a level yeah. than we're given a credit. And a, they reported on in the newspaper. And a whatnot, large so. urban uh, environment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, have not, a look. it's not surprising though that he's losing though. Like if you're going to try to run, you know, for city councilman in Miami, mm-hmm. and everybody at your fundraiser is white. Yeah. I mean, that's not a, enough of a demographic to right, and <laughs> secure an election. inside of one living room. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Without even like an overflow on the lanai. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and to that end, we don't know if there's a, they could be a sea of people out in the lanai. I don't think there are. I don't think so either. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he tells him that uh, his wife is out of town. And he's going to pick out his stuff for the morning. Uh, Dorothy says, you know, the, that's the kind of behind the scenes excitement she was always she was always hoping to see sarcastically of course uh he leaves uh, he leaves and blanche comments that uh on how good of a job they did throwing the party uh rose also comments about how thrilling it is to be involved in politics and that uh she hadn't uh, been have she hadn't had this much fun since she was involved in the dewey campaign right which got I got some notes on that one, but uh, Dorothy looks at Rose in shock and asks if she was uh, she assisted uh, Thomas Dewey, who was a presidential candidate, right. mul- multiple times. Yeah, uh, he Rose did not sa- defeat Truman. Say what? He did not defeat Truman. No, but there one there's a famous picture <laughs> yeah, where yeah. Dewey defeats Truman or something. Yeah. Uh, Rose says that uh, you no, know, no, and clarifies that it was Melville Dewey, the inventor of the Dewey Decimal System. Mm-hmm. The the note behind that is. Uh, I'm not really sure what campaign she would have been referring to as Melville died in 1931. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she was trying to push for his system to be more widely maybe, utilized. Maybe. So, I mean, that would be the only yeah. reasonable thing. Well, that but the way she phrases it, though, because I even went back and listened to it, is like she made it sound like she was working with Melville. Oh, well, maybe she was as an infant. <laughs> she was, <laughs> you know, well, I think it, it depends on, because do we really know how old she is? I mean, I think that it's safe to say he died in, what, 31, you said? Yeah. I mean, she's, I would think, older than 50. Well, I don't know. I guess she'd be like, what, well, 57 I, if she was a baby back then. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I think if she was like 60-something, she may have been around 10. Yeah, but I don't, she, I don't feel still like she's seems, that old, though. No, I don't either. But it still feels like a 10-year-old at most mm, yeah. would not be working on someone's campaign yeah, <laughs> for no. anything. And, and honestly, I would think she would have to have been an, an, a baby at that point, <laughs> if even alive. So. Uh, another fun history note, though. Melville Dewey, uh, despite his positive uh, contribution to the American Library Association, <laughs> was a lecherous racist and anti-Semite. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's not, weird. Not a positive guy overall. Is the Dewey Decimal System still used widely? Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I thought so. Um, I'm surprised. It's all electronic now, pretty much, but... I'm almost surprised that it hasn't been taken away. <laughs> right? Nope. It's all electronic now. No, I'm just you didn't saying. invent like the card catalog system. But no, like, but I'm saying that, I'm saying most libraries are no longer like. I mean, libraries are quickly going the way of the dinosaur. Yeah, but anyway. there are still quite a few full of books. Well, yeah, <laughs> those yeah. books are are with the, the new yeah. so, True enough. That's, yeah. that's the sorting method. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. 
You knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I'm just saying. If they have two books and they put them in the right order. That's the new <laughs> decimal system. <laughs> but uh, while the girls are cleaning up, Sophia comes back uh, into the living room uh, holding a variety of newspapers. She tells Dorothy that Kessler has no shot at winning. And her daughter asks, you know, who says? Then Sophia proceeds to hold up the papers, listing each one. Miami Post, the Miami Journal, Miami Tribune, and then includes Miami's own Sophia Petrillo. <laughs> For a house that like subscribes to three different newspapers, I'm not sure why they read the TV Guide so much. Well, maybe they subscribe to those because it makes them feel smart, but really the TV Guide is the information they actually want. It's the one with the crossword puzzle they can do. Yeah, <laughs> This is actually a newspaper-heavy episode, too. There's It's used in several events. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy admits that, you know, he is way down in the polls, but there's still two days left until the election, and quite a lot can happen in that amount of time, yeah. which we find out is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Blanche says, you know, episode. say yeah. what? It'll be a shorter episode. <laughs> right. Indeed, yes. Or certainly not as Gill-centric. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, Blanche says she's planning to do anything she can to help him win. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dorothy says, good, and hands her a folder and says, you know, bring this to him. Yeah. That's a folder he left at her, their house uh, after the event. Uh, she then quickly tries to hand the uh, task off to Rose, who is at the time carrying a stack of dirty dishes. Rose, you know, kind of cheerfully says, you know, sure, I'll bring him the folder and, and you can do the dishes. Blanche did not like this idea. <laughs> the <laughs> actual she, work. Like, aren't they dirty? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, those are dirty. Exactly. Like, what are we doing? I mean, you know, we already found that without the dishwasher, they just <laughs> let them pile up until, <laughs> like, you know, exactly. the end of infinity. So, until there's no dish left in the house unused. Exactly. But, and then uh, at this point, you know, Blanche opts to bring the folder back, uh, but then states as she's walking out, kind of grumpily. That she hopes he uh, reimburses her for gas and mileage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dor- Dorothy pours on the sarcasm as uh, Blanche exits, saying, "There goes a great American." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we uh, kind of skip over to the next morning. We see Rose in the living room hammering together some uh, small slats of wood. Uh, a grumpy-looking Dorothy enters. Rose uh, looks up at her and realizes that she woke her up. And at this point, she does basically all the talking in this scene. Mm-hmm. She explains, you know, she's got a great idea to build some of these bird feeders with Gil's name on them and then post them around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, still silent, Dorothy away and smash it with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Rose takes the hammer and smashes the, the bird feeder herself. Yeah. I have no idea, like, why, you know, Gil's associated with bird feeders or whatever. Yeah, I don't either. But it just seems like an awfully ambitious plan when the election's the next day. Yeah. <laughs> that That's for sure. And how many, I mean, she had made... A little bit of progress on one. Yeah. How many did she think she was actually going to make to distribute around Miami? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's where it makes you feel like it's a much more local election than the entire city yeah. of Miami. I mean, it's well, I also city think maybe Rose but... thinks very locally. Well, like, that that's definitely true. Kind of her um, mindset. But yeah, you would have to feel like when you're a day ahead, if it's not a really close race, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of point in doing anything more mm-hmm. for the campaign. Yeah. Um, Maybe go online. I, I mean, or not online, but like a... <laughs> yeah. Why didn't she invent the, uh, the internet? I would say maybe like a press conference. Yeah. Something that would actually attract some buzz. Yeah, you'd have to have something that would make a significant splash make a big difference. Or some kind of announcement. Something mm-hmm. just to you know get your name popularized a little more. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, she smashes it with the hammer. Dorothy turns her head, kind of looking annoyed. Just then, Sophia comes in, marveling uh, aloud as she looks at the newspaper. Holy smoke, right? And, like, holy mackerel and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
her curi- curious about her comments, Dorothy asked if her, her mother why, what, what she was talking about, and she just responds, nothing, before proceeding into the kitchen. Uh, Rose and Dorothy kind of follow her, you know, curious about what she was, you know, going on about. Sophia hands Rose the paper, and she reads that uh, Gil was apparently caught having an affair, and the reporter snapped a picture of the woman, you know, going into his house. Right. Uh, they see the picture and quickly identify it as Blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article, however, this is a little side note, states that the wim- woman was photographed from behind, but Dorothy is somehow able to uh, see diamond earrings and a gl- gold bracelet. Well, you could see that from behind. It would have yeah. to be the right angle. Yeah, I think. it would be like a yeah. perfect angle to see the wrist, the ears, yeah. and the dress and all that. But I don't know. The ears and the dress, for sure, you could definitely see. The bracelet would take a little bit of luck, but yeah, well, I could see it. Well, IMDB actually pointed out also, though, that uh, when Blanche left, she was not wearing... Uh, diamond earrings. Oh. <laughs> it was like some big, like, bangly ones or something. Well, perhaps she changed them in the car. That's very possible. For yeah. Blanche, very mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she might have changed them into ones that she liked better, you know, that were more recognizable. There were Blanche, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> identifiable. She was going to see a councilman. That's true, or a possible councilman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, Rose exclaims angrily, though, that little floozy stole Blanche's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is my favorite line in the show. I know that was probably Rose's best line in the episode, but it was my favorite line overall. Yeah. I had I had three favorite-ish lines. The one about Alf was the first one. Yeah. This was my second one, which I think may be my favorite, actually. Okay. My favorite is in the same conversation, but we haven't got there quite yet. So Dorothy sports back that uh, it's like having Agatha Christie right there in the kitchen with him. Yeah. But then explains, you know, to Blanche that, or to, to Rose, that Blanche is the floozy. Uh, slowly, Rose starts to figure it out as Sophia commentates, she's at the 50, the 40, <laughs> yeah. the 30. That was my favorite. Yeah, that, that, was my, that was my favorite quite yet, but that was another yep, really uh-huh. good one. Yeah, you're almost there. I'm at the 30. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanche then enters, you know, kind of a good mood. It's a football yeah. reference. Yes. <laughs> I know about local sports teams. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche enters and Rose uh, shows her the article. Uh, Blanche is shocked and she to see her, you know, backside quote spread across the front page, asking how could they do that. And, and then my favorite line was go uh, for it. was uh, Sophia's response that they probably used a wide angle lens. I uh, like that one too. And I just loved how quickly she responded and how matter of factly it was too. Like it was a perfect. Blanche actually seemed more tickled by that comment than anything. I thought. Yeah, maybe, but I thought it was that was my favorite line of the episode. So I guess we had, what, all three of our favorite lines happen in this Pretty one, close, one yeah. scene. So. Uh, Blanche says that if she knew that you know she was being photographed, she would have turned around and smiled. Dorothy, though, angrily states that you know she wouldn't make light of ruining a man's career over a one-night stand. Blanche is surprised that they believe the article and uh, assures them that while it is her in the picture, uh, she did not sleep with Gil and nothing happened. Right. Dorothy questions her about why she was inside the house for two hours, which, you know, the paper says. Blanche says that she was simply uh, had dropped off the folder, stayed for a while to talk to him. Rose then tries to grill her about the details from the uh, paper asking, then why does it say the explosion was so great it shattered windows in the building next door? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny, too, about the what uh, earthquake in Guatemala. Yeah, Dor- Dorothy <laughs> tells her it's you know, a different, different article. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting louder as she speaks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Blanche again pleads her case, you know, that uh, simply saying that she dropped out the folder, spoke for a while, helped him then pick out his tox or his tie, sock, and hanky combo, 
and then left. And mm-hmm. absolutely nothing else happened between them. The girls, you know, a little bit sketchy, but still believe her. Blanche asks, you know, what they should do to help clear this up now. And uh, maybe she should call the paper or something, right? Mm-hmm. But Dorothy reads that uh, he's holding a press conference later that day, and she probably shouldn't do anything until after that. Yep. That way he could be the one to clear it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia points out, or points to the picture of Gil in the paper, again saying that you know, there's just something about him that I don't trust, and then she's got a hunch, right? right? <laughs> Dorothy reminds her mom that you know she had another hunch previously about her nephew Angelo uh, one day becoming the Pope. Sophia, however, claims that no, 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 her daughter wasn't listening and that uh, she said he'd one day sell dope. Right. Yeah, that seems unlikely um, that that was what uh, <laughs> she misheard, but I thought it was a good way to try to cover her earlier mistake, I guess. Well, and she follows up, though, with, you know, why do you think he's in Attica? For the volleyball program? Right. <laughs> yeah, because her, her prediction, according to her, was proven right. Yeah, she, she does later claim, I don't think I have it in my little notes, but she says her hunches are never wrong. Yeah. Then we change scenes. We see uh, at this point Dorothy is laying down on the couch with a newspaper mm-hmm. over her face to block the light, I'm guessing. Yep. Sophia comes over and taps her leg, proclaiming, Bruno uh, Bonafiglio. Dorothy tells her mom that she was sleeping, and Sophia says, so was I. That's when it came to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recounts a story about a wine shortage in Sicily uh, resulting from the grape stompers having athlete's foot. Right. Uh, she said, you know, the medicine was causing the wine to change colors and taste like Desinex. Yeah. Which I can only imagine is disgusting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty gross uh, description of, well, just the idea of people who have fungus on their feet <laughs> stomping on the grapes and then you, you know, drinking that. Even if it's clean feet. I don't want them stomping on my beverage. Right. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, I guess it was a thing. Do, do people still stomp grapes? Is that still a thing anywhere? I'm sure it's probably still done. Yeah. In- probably costs extra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you think it's for fetishists now at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually like a touristy type thing. Oh, okay. And yeah. I, I'm sure for small batches or something, they do still like some kind yeah. of like like I'd signature have, line or something. I'd have to think at this point there must be some sort of a, uh, a better filtration system that would, oh, have, I would, would have happened back then. So even if you had some foot fungus on there, it'll be hopefully filtered out, and yeah, and then you you know the alcohol that probably kills a lot of it as well once it ferments, but still, yeah, pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. But to solve the crisis, they called in uh, Mr. Bruno Bonafiglio, a foremost podiatrist in the area, who was apparently famous for prescribing art supports to Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even Dorothy makes a uh, funny comment saying, well, that must have helped him out when they hung him from his heels or something. Right, yeah. Uh, similar to Gil, though, Sophia had a hunch about him that something was amiss about the man. Uh, meanwhile, you know, he goes and cures the athlete's foot uh, issue, but the wine and the wine sales improved dramatically, right? But uh, while this sounds like it was good news, the grape stompers then uh, end up with gout. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, from eating a bunch of meat, I guess, I, that they were able to afford. I think she says something <laughs> that, like, their you know, newfound uh, financial success leads them to, essentially it leads them to a diet that would then <laughs> promote the gout. Um, See, so yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that that would be a really odd plan for someone to have, like, <laughs> I'm going to make you successful so that you eat meat, so that you get the gout, so that you need my services again. I didn't, I didn't actually catch that detail. Is that how you get gout? Is too much meat? I mean, it has to do with your diet, and yeah. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But going along with the story, Dorothy presumes that you know, he must have moved to America and become Dr. Scholl. Yeah. Now, assumably, they could still stomp the grapes even with the gout. Um, 
Because it's be that's, painful, right? Yeah, exactly. So if they were, you know, if they were dedicated to their craft, <laughs> then they could still make it through. Maybe hand stomping. Yeah. Is that a smashing with their hand? Like, yeah, I think it's just smashing. Then I don't think it's Hulk stomping. smash. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Sophia says no. She developed a. Uh, <laughs> and ironically, what we were talking about earlier. Sophia says, you know, he did not become Dr. Scholl. Right. He developed a foot fetish <laughs> and uh, suffocated with his head inside a lady's rubber boot, mm-hmm. which is gross. So I don't know. I yeah, don't, don't want to judge, I guess. but That's definitely nothing that's ever been a thing. Are either of you two into feet? Oh, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything that's really outside of the ordinary, like far outside of the ordinary that I think I'm into. Um, but feet certainly would not be that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so when I was in high school, um, I was, you know, uh, friends with a girl. So we'd gone out a few times or whatever, and it just didn't work out or whatever, but we were still friends and everything like that. And then she started dating this other guy, and I, I was fine with it. It was it was no big deal or whatever. Um, but I was also still friends with her mom oh, and okay. everything. And so I remember one time, I forget what she was doing. She was getting ready or something, and I was you know hanging out talking to her mom, and we were talking about um, her new boyfriend or whatever. And her mom said something about how you know she'd always liked me and everything, but you know her new boyfriend was also a very nice boy. And I was like, well, that's good, you know. Um, you know, I'm glad she's happy, and I and I truly meant it. And her mom said, yeah, yeah. Just the other day, he was giving her a foot massage, and I was like, oh, he's one of those. Which <laughs> 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 is just a horrible thing to say, yeah, especially to <laughs> the mother of the girl. Exactly. <laughs> It's really odd, though, to me that you're like, yeah, in high school, I dated a girl, and then me and her mom, we really hit it off, and we became best of friends. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> like, because I was over there quite a bit, you know, like, when we were friends, and then when we were dating, and then we were just friends again. Oh, okay. And I just got to know her mom, because her mom was a stay-at-home mom. Oh, her, okay. She ran a daycare out of her house, um, so she was, yeah, stay-at-home. Working that yeah. way, but yeah, out of the house. Yeah, working, exactly, so. mm-hmm. yeah. So, so she was just always there after school and stuff like that. And I would talk to her while, you know, um, her daughter was changing clothes or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, it's nice that you, uh, you know, put the seed into her mom's. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I believe um, like the daughter and um, that boyfriend, I think they're still married and everything oh, like really? that. So wow. He's still to, one of those then. Could be, yeah. <laughs> Do you recall if she had particularly good feet? No, I don't know. I never saw him. I mean, I can't imagine she did. Just, well, I can't imagine anybody can't imagine. does. Well, okay. But, yeah. I mean, she There's was, still different levels for sure. Like, I may not be into feet, but yeah. I definitely am not into really gross ones. I would just say that she was very athletic oh, okay. and, you know, involved in sports and different things like that. So I'm sure she had like balder feet or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well,. You know, I guess uh, whatever it was, I guess it's worked out between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Wh- good whether for them. he was just a generous dude or yeah. uh, into, into it himself. Exactly. He yeah. was a giver. Right. So whether he got something out of it, I have no idea. Yeah. But. Well, hopefully they're happily married. I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to him. Right. <laughs> Happy Valentine's. To these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those two crazy kids can't make it. What hope is it for the rest of us? <laughs> 
I can't uh, I can't comment because I don't know how crazy either of those two kids are. Yeah. It's only based on your uh, very vague. <laughs> <laughs> trying to protect their anonymity. An athletic girl and a dude who may be into feet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I know about them. Angles it down real good. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the uh, the uh, comment about the you know death by boot face, uh, Dorothy gives uh, her mom a kind of a coarse look and tells her, you know, don't wake me up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche and Rose come into the living room and tell Dorothy to uh, turn on the TV as the press conference is about to begin. Uh, Dorothy points out how many reporters are in the room, and uh, Blanche you know, starts to name several by name, claiming that she had met them at the press club once, which I don't know what the press club is. I guess maybe it's mm-hmm. just a group where, or like an area where Press guys tend to yeah, hang I'd out. assume it's probably just yeah, a place like that, almost like a union hall maybe exactly. type of a yep. place, um, but just that caters towards the press. Yeah. But uh, Rose is impressed, you know, that she'd been there only once and you know memorized all these names, saying that uh, it took her two years just to learn all the character names from eight is enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when the conference begins, uh, Gil points out to uh, you know the press and stuff that he has been the target for several smear campaigns in the past, but. Uh, this time, you know, the claim of his impropriety happens to be true. Right. Uh, a reporter asks him to name the woman, but he flatly declines. You know, he says no, under no circumstances. However, it is then stated that a, quote, independent sources have identified uh, the lady as Blanche Devereaux. He scoffs and says, like, well, what sources? And then all the reporters in the room <laughs> raise their hand at the same time. Gildan looks directly at the camera and says, sorry, Blanche. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you know, back at the Golden's house, Blanche is, you know, incensed, claiming that uh, he just lied to the public. Dorothy throws down the remote and, you know, walks in the kitchen. Rose follows behind her, and then Blanche follows afterwards, you know, asking, if, you know, don't you guys believe me? Sophia says to, to Blanche, oh, I believe you, but then picks up the phone and calls People Magazine, asking for the group that deals with uh, politician affairs. Right. <laughs> Now, do you feel like it would even be something that'd be worthwhile for a People magazine? Here's a no. guy who's running yeah. for a local election, <laughs> exactly. who you know is revealed as having an affair. It seems like you need it to get to a be little a, higher on a, the food chain. It had to be a dry uh, news month, right? Yeah, I would have to think after the election, sure, maybe you'd be like, you know, a local politician, but uh, maybe when a few more details came out, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I could, yeah, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so I think she even, to it. <laughs> she even says like sleazy, like floozies or something. Right, doesn't yeah, she? yeah. Uh, overhearing, like, oh, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> yeah, overhearing it, she she looks at uh, look worried over at Sophia, but Sophia looks up and says, "Oh, don't worry, it's not about you." Do <laughs> um, we change scenes? It basically just shows Blanche, you know, going into the kitchen, uh, and she appeals to Dorothy and Rose uh, for them to believe her still. Uh, they believed her before, as they say, but now that Gill has claimed it uh, to be true on TV and while running for public office, they feel that, you know, he must be telling the truth. Uh, Blanche points out that uh, people lie on TV all the time, citing that, you know, 60 Minutes <laughs> does it all the time, right? right? Uh, Blanche asks for, you know, one good reason why she would lie to her friends and uh, why they would assume that she's guilty. Uh, Dorothy then lists off. She's embarrassed for, you know, seducing Gil, which I think is a bit of a stretch, but, you know, uh, she really? says she's scared. Say what? Why do you feel it's a stretch? Well, uh, that's that's like extra culpability. It was, they're saying that it was her that tried to get him to sleep with her versus just both of them kind of falling into it together. 
Well, I mean, I think they're already think giving Gil the... The, uh, the pass? Yeah, they're giving Gil the pass that at least he wasn't the initiator of that's, it. That's what I'm saying. I think that's harsher. Yeah. But I guess it kind of filters into what we talk about later. Mm. Why does he get a pass for not being the initiator? Like, why Why do they assume that he is not the initiator? That's well, kind of what they, I was They already at. have the opinion of him that he's a wimp, and they already have the opinion of Blanche that she is a flirt. Mm-hmm. And so I think they would be already putting that on Blanche. That, well, Dorothy uh, definitely is. I well, mean, yeah. she spells it out. And I, mm-hmm. I just think that would be the, the general consensus between those two personality types mm-hmm. you would assume that Blanche is you know, I think that's fair it. I can see that yeah. because you wouldn't assume Gil even had it in him gotcha. to initiate the you know potential okay I just wish they would have extended the same courtesy to Professor Cooper <laughs> well <laughs> Professor Cooper <laughs> Professor Cooper had not built the goodwill <laughs> that Gil had with them already so in fairness then they were only judging their friend um I know that you think that a member of the educational community <laughs> should should be given all the leeway <laughs> necessary in order to properly teach his students. But well, what I love is that you know mm-hmm. he's referring to the you know Golden Girls, you know, as, right, as yeah. a group there. And in this case, we as the audience did not see what happened in the house, right? Right. At this point, we're in the dark still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the instance where she was at the, the school, we saw him like coerce her and sexually harass well, her. Well, Brent still, still <laughs> maintains that that she was asking for it. <laughs> Did you see what she was wearing? No, I mean I think she says like he jokes with it that she had joked with them and flirted with them and things of that nature, and so he wasn't out of line, assuming that uh, she would wanted more of the. Took her up on her offer. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, that's the hill Brent has chosen to die on, and he plans to for the next four and a half seasons. <laughs> so, I'm sure he'll find a way in the season finale of the series finale. Wrap to it all it together. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Probably named Cooper the fucking MVP of the whole series. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, she's, she asked for one good reason. I you know why. with Professor Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make you a, sign, like, a t-shirt. Right. Make a t-shirt. Uh, luckily, Brent doesn't have much to be canceled from in this culture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, she says, you know, she's embarrassed for seducing Gil. She's scared. And, you know, she's guilty over ruining the campaign for the city council. Right. Uh, Rose then pipes in saying three good reasons because <laughs> she'd asked for one uh, in an almost congratulatory tone. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Blanche and Dorothy say, you know, simultaneously, shut up, Rose. Uh, poor, poor Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phone then rings, and Blanche gets up to answer it. Uh, she then begins to holler at the individual on the other line, uh, saying that, yes, she is that Blanche Devereaux, but she uh, didn't do what she's being accused of, uh, swearing it off completely. She then hangs up. She asks the girls, you know, if that sounded like someone who was lying. Uh, Dorothy points out how uh, similar it resembled uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker proclaiming their false innocence on TV. Yeah, which uh, that's two weeks in a row that there's been a mention of um, of that because last week it was, uh, what was his name? Um, Jerry Falwell. Yeah, Jerry Falwell, who was mm-hmm. you know right. part of that entire. Do you guys happen to know when that all went down? I was right it, around that time. Yeah. I mean, so like, it was also pretty Yeah, very poignant. topical at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year earlier or within the year prior mm-hmm. to it. Um, but yeah, that's when it went over to Jerry Falwell and then you know he slid down the slide for some money. <laughs> Uh, the phone rings again, and uh, Blanche again answers. This time, she immediately cuts into the person on the other other end, saying that you know 
She doesn't like him. In fact, she hates him. And, uh, you know, to lose this phone number and never call again, slamming the phone back on the hook. Right. Uh, then she walks back to the table and tells Dorothy, call Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that part. That was funny. Uh, indicating that he was the one that was just on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy shoots her uh, classic look and then suggests that Blanche simply admit the affair. And that, you know, she lives her life a certain way and is now, you know, it's catching up with her. Uh, Blanche is very insulted by this line and uh, thinking of uh, saying that her past, you know, should not have anything to do with this situation. Mm -hmm. As Blanche becomes more desperate for them to believe her, uh, you know, what she's saying, the girls still kind of remain unmoved, uh, hurt because they believe she's being, she's lying to them. Right. right. Blanche says that, you know, they're her best friends and Rose, you know, asks, well, how do we know this is even true? Blanche gives her a defeated look and replies, well, I guess you don't. Yeah. And then uh, gets up and stomps out of the room. Yeah, in a way, this is almost kind of an allegory for more modern um, efforts to try to not victim shame people because that that's the way. I mean, they're really blaming the victim in this case. I mean, granted, are, she yeah. didn't get assaulted, but she was the victim of the lie. And they're assuming because of her past and her personality and whatnot that surely she's guilty of mm -hmm. this. Uh, this. Well, uh, they... To, to one extent, though, they did believe her earlier. Yeah. And then when Gil kind came... Kind of. I mean, they believed her, but, I don't know, almost begrudgingly. Almost tentatively. Yeah, tentatively, like, yeah. But then when Gil piped in saying, no, it was her, you know, they went whole hog and to believe in him. Now, you two, I'm trying to think if there's... I can't think of a person offhand, but if there was someone who you knew, <laughs> who you really looked at as like a paragon of honesty, you know, someone who you 100% trusted... And they came out and contradicted uh, something. Now we don't. I don't necessarily say it's a politician or someone who it, someone who you kind of know personally. Okay. Um, but maybe not as well as me. Someone who you have met, similar to this Gill situation. We'll say it was a manager that you worked with, whatever. And they came out. So you know, you, mm -hmm. both of us have worked together. Mm -hmm. Let's say that it was Charlie, you know, or okay. or Katie. Okay. And I said, I did not do whatever this thing is that people are saying I do. And then that person came out and said, yeah, he did it. Would you believe me or would you believe that other person? I'd believe you. Okay. Well, yeah, you and me are way closer friends than any boss we ever had. Or well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that even even people who, you know. The, I think the only maybe possible exception would be if you were telling me something that you'd be really ashamed of and Sherry mm -hmm. told me that you did it. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Like if I thought you would really be hurt for me, to like it would damage my opinion of you or something, mm -hmm. and you would want to hide that, I still don't know that i would uh believe it immediately like so I'd, like if i was like i swear i did not punch sherry in the face and then, <laughs> and then you go upstairs and you know sherry has a black eye and she says yeah alan punched me in the face you would believe her over me <laughs> i mean i thought we were friends <laughs> but I guess not i guess our friendship only goes so far only goes so far i guess yeah <laughs> that got dark real fast. Yeah, well, I mean, th I, I can say that because I've never, <laughs> you know, had anything close to that. Um, but I know that if there's, at least with that, though, there would be some evidence that something happened. Yeah. Uh, and another person who you trust very well. True. But I'm true. glad that at least if it was someone who you weren't, you know, obviously you're, you're you know, close to my wife. I'm glad, though, if it's someone who you weren't as close to, but still, you know. Yeah. Still had a strong confidence in that you would still take my word over there. It's crazy theirs. to think that I've known her almost as long as I've known you. 
Eh, yeah, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you've known her for, for a good long while well, now. it's only like three more years. Well, more than that, right? Because you and I became friends in sixth grade. Did I you, was, I do you to... remember her in freshman year? My, really didn't. I, I, I didn't know her well, yeah. So, I mean, I. You only went to the same high school as. We were in one of the same classes. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I knew of her, I just okay. didn't know her well. I guess then. I guess if you go by the technical definition of no, then yes, only three. <laughs> we'll say met. How about the biblical? The biblical. Well, thankfully, uh, <laughs> thankfully that has not happened there. She, she, he definitely does not know her as well as he knows me in that sense. Oh, Alan. <laughs> so, I've said before that if anything happened, we both said not not in the biblical sense, but that uh, that if uh, something happened to both of our wives, he and I would would have a common law marriage ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And you know, because like we're both we, we're both good at sticking to a budget. Um, mm-hmm. We both are very low drama people, mm-hmm. and I think would be a match made in heaven. Honestly, what's the uh, Jane, Silent Bob line? Hetero life mates. Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't have to stick to hetero. I'm open. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very, uh, very open minded. So. Mm-hmm. so does that mean if he's running late, I can tell you to get your house in order? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not now, but yeah. if something happens. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, in that case, he'd be running late from, like, the upstairs. So, <laughs> Which I'm sure he'd find a way. <laughs> right. <laughs> he has faith. Strong yeah. faith, yeah. So, uh, at this point, Blanche, you know, we see Blanche entering the uh, office area that I look appears to be uh, Gill's election headquarters. Mm-hmm. And she kind of rushes towards the back office. A woman tries to stop her, saying, you know, she can't go in, but uh, she will not be stopped, and she pushes her to the side and barges mm-hmm. into the office. Uh, she slams the door behind herself and yells at Gil, I ought to kick your butt from here to Tallahassee, which is a good distance. You mm-hmm. know? From Miami, yeah. 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 Uh, Gil's... Not if you take the train, but yeah. <laughs> right. Well, if you're kicking someone's butt, though, it's yeah. still a pretty good distance. Are we taking the, uh, the clown train? Yes. The, the circus train? <laughs> exactly. Not the Chattanooga choo-choo, but... <laughs> so, yeah, Gil's wimpy face just responds, I'm sorry, Blanche. Uh, Blanche goes on a diatribe, though, of the problems that his lie has uh, caused her in the last little bit. Uh, he tries to speak as she continues to kind of berate him and talk over him. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, he explains that, you know, people do see him as a wimp, you know, mm-hmm. as she said, and that uh, have never really listened to him until now, thinking that he had had this affair. Uh, Blanche responds, you know, asking if he really thinks that people like him more now because they believe he slept with, in her words, a gorgeous, intelligent woman. Mm-hmm. He then shows her today's polling results with a sharp spike in his favor. Uh, Gil recounts that, you know, he's been you know, overlooked his entire life, even being treated like a new kid at school each year. Uh, he had to show old yearbooks to prove that he wasn't a new kid. I'll Probably. tell you what. I thought that was a funny the, uh, line. Well, yeah. It's, I'll let you in. Kind of sad, but funny. Well, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would say that whoever they have doing these polling, um, they really get their results quick if they're <laughs> able to print those in the yeah. newspaper the next day right? for a story that had run, you know, that mm-hmm. day. You know, and this is pre-internet. To, what's that? This is all pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, I guess it must just be literally they're calling people. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I called 100 people. Did you hear this? The poll what do you think now? So, what were you going to say, Brent? Sorry, interrupted no so like yeah first day of school he has to show the yearbook or whatever so mm. people remember him right um i feel bad because he couldn't use that trick at high school reunions oh well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're getting ahead of the game right <laughs> just, <laughs> just laying the tracks <laughs> more more to come right yes 
he continues, you know, saying that uh, sorry, he had a, he had a real chance at winning. Now, mm-hmm. you know, lying may not be such a high price to uh, make potentially a real difference in his community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche says though that she doesn't know much about politics, but she does know a lot about men, and he is an honest man, uh, which is why the Golden supported him in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they liked him and backed him. Uh, she tells him that you know he can never really be a great man without being an honest man, mm-hmm. and uh, winning the election wouldn't mean anything because it wouldn't really be him that won. Right? It'd be this image of you know who they thought he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks up at her, you know, as she stands in front of him on the, in front of his desk, uh, kind of with shameful eyes, knowing that she's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells him, you know, to think about what she said, and then turns and leaves. Yeah. Did we talk about the bit where he's talking about how his whole life there's been a good man trying to get out? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. More tracks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we we flash forward to uh, the night of the election. I'm guessing. Right. So the next night. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know how many days. It's, I guess just one day has passed, right? Yeah, because or uh, could it be? I mean, theoretically, that night, couldn't it? Because we just we well, don't know I, when she went over to talk to him. Yeah, because I feel like that during that he says the election is the next day. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at this point it's well, just later that day. I think, I think the night of the party it was two days away, right? right? Yeah. And so one day passed, and you know she brought him the folder that night. So the next day is when the press conference was, I think, right. because that's when they said they mm-hmm. saw him with a woman. Yeah, but I think that she went immediately there after the press, after the press conference. Yeah. yeah, like she had the confrontation with, you know, Dorothy and and Rose, and then went went there, and then this gathering that they all show up at. I feel like would have to still be that same day, yeah, later um, that day. Yeah, just in that evening, so prior to the election. I don't think the election mm-hmm. has not happened yet. Right, but so. it does. <laughs> You know, I think Dorothy and Rose are right. It's like, you know, why are you here? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. are you still backing this horse? I mean, right. It does seem really odd. I mean, I guess maybe she's just showing up to see, you know, what happens. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're angry at your best friends mm-hmm. and, you know, extremely hurt too. And then you also have this guy who's lied. And you know that mm-hmm. everybody's going to be paying attention to you mm-hmm. because of this, you know, lie that he's told. So exactly. It does seem like an odd time to. Well, <laughs> I, my thought was if she is still backing this horse, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't showing up potentially give him more bad press, mm-hmm. or or the press that she just told him he shouldn't be going for? I don't know. I mean, I also wonder. It's like so. Obviously, they knew the election was happening, but his wife still chose to go out of town. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I started wondering if he was really even married at some point. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get more to that in a second, I guess. But mm-hmm. like. Was that all a farce? Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess we well, we never did meet uh, meet the missus. So. No, she never does show up as at least in this show. Yeah, and I, I I doubt that we see her again, or I doubt that we see Gil again, right? No, yeah, this, this, this is this actor's only Golden Girls appearance. Yeah. But uh, you know, we're at the night of the election, or or before the election, at least. A crowd of people are gathered in the election office. Uh, Dorothy and Rose are drinking some punch, and Rose talks about how exciting it is. And that uh, Gil may well be, you know, win the city council seat. Dorothy is kind of tempering her level of excitement because, you know, no matter how it ends, uh, she'll apparently be cleaning out the uh, quote peeing angel punch bowl. Mm-hmm. Seems like an odd thing to have at a political event. Yeah. I thought so. But. I've seen like fountains, but I've never seen a punch bowl where it's an angel peeing. Oh, I mean, I guess you just fill the fountain with punch. There you go. I, <laughs> <laughs> so. Delicious. Uh, Sophia, who apparently is also at this function, 
comes over to Dorothy and Rose, telling them that uh, she's been talking to Kessler uh, for a while, and that within the next hour she'll know what his big secret is, you know, what's been bugging her all this time. Right. Uh, Blanche comes in, as you guys mentioned, yeah, followed by a, a variety of reporters and photographers. Uh, she tells them to stop hounding her, and uh, you know, whenever they name her uh, in print from here on out, they better put it as Blanche Devereaux, comma, 39. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rose says that you know, Blanche has some nerve showing up, uh, but Dorothy suggests that they try to be friendly and civil. Uh, despite this, you know, they, uh, they, they bicker back and forth uh, for a bit as Blanche is getting a drink right by them. Right. Uh, which eventually devolves into a name-calling match between, you know, primarily Dorothy and Blanche. Uh, this ends, though, with Rose throwing out, Indian giver? <laughs> she uh, apologizes, knowing that the term doesn't really apply in this issue, or in this case, but uh, was just caught up in the moment. Right. Blanche walks away, upset. Uh, Gil then comes out of his office and addresses the group. He thanks his supporters for being there, uh, but wants to kind of clear the air and admits that uh, he was untruthful on TV with regards to the supposed affair. He says that Blanche you know, helped him remember that honesty is more important than winning, and she doesn't deserve to be used that way. Basically, you know, saying that no, it never, nothing ever happened between us. Uh, he goes on to say, however, uh, some bigger news, that uh, he is not who he appears to be. Um, Sophia's ears perk up at this point, because mm-hmm. she's like, oh, oh, oh here right. it comes. Yep. He then tells the crowd that uh, many years ago he had a surgery, but before that time he was a, quote, part-time stenographer and mild-mannered housewife, Anna Maria Bonaducci. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely surprising. Um, I mean, I didn't think that that was what it was going to lead up to. <laughs> I did not I mean, either. Granted, as he started to say it, then I, you know, it yeah. was pretty easy to tell where it was going, but that wasn't where I figured it was going to end up at the end of the episode. Yeah. Upon hearing this news, Sophia's face kind of lights up with a huge I told you so right. smile. Uh, the rest of the girls are dumbfounded by this. Uh, Sophia comes over to kind of gloat, saying that if she had five more minutes, she could have figured out the secret on her own. Mm-hmm. Dorothy argues, you know, how could you have possibly have guessed that? Sophia responds with the, you know, with that nose, of course he's Italian. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering, yeah. <laughs> is she thinking the, the, uh, the news was that he was Italian? Or the thing about being a woman. Well, I mean, I think she just knew that he wasn't exactly who he said he was. Right. But like Kessler wasn't an Italian name yeah. or something along those lines. So there was something awesome. Well, I'm saying, what did Sophia think was the bigger news? Oh. That he was Italian or that he was a woman before? Well, I would think that she thought it was the woman. But they didn't say, she never said she knew what his news was. She just said that she knew there was something that he well, was no, hiding. But I'm saying she comments this after the, the announcement. She comes over to Dorothy and Rose to t- kind of gloat that she knew something was up. Yeah, but they're like, well, how did you know something was up? I was like, well, I knew with that nose he had to be Italian. Okay. So if he was Italian and his last name was Kessler, then mm-hmm. something is, is off here because why is he you know, going with this name? That Now, granted, Kessler could well, be I, the I father's still, name and the mother could have been Italian. I <laughs> still think Dorothy was like referring to how could you have known that he was a woman beforehand. No one knew. I don't know. I think she was just asking how she knew something was off, uh, but maybe you know, agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think you're both right. So Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> 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 Settling that argument. <laughs> Brent the peacekeeper. Right. That's, we'll have that on the t-shirt also. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have one side supporting you know, the teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> and one side as the peacekeeper. Right. 
Um, so we changed scene one last time. We see the girls arriving back home. Uh, well, I think at this point it's just Dorothy and, and Rose. <laughs> Rose begins to question Dorothy about uh, Gil's operation and you know the parts they put on. Do they work? And she asks a whole bunch of uh, odd questions. Uh, Rose's face kind of shows how she, how curiosity uh, is kind of creeping across her brain. Right. And she continues to ask Dorothy questions, but uh, Dorothy gets progressively more angry. I think of those. Dorothy eventually yells at Rose that the parts were made of silly putty or something. Yeah, yeah. After about our fourth question, I think <laughs> her, Rose's last question is, "What are they made of?" And then that's when silly putty, Rose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dorothy tells Rose that you know she's just upset, as it's been a bit of a rough evening because Gil dropped out of the race, and of course Blanche probably hates him. They agree that Blanche has a pretty good reason not to be happy with him, not to speak to him for a while. And will likely be mad for a good, good long bit. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say. Um, I mean, she forgave him the last time. It you seems know, to be a, a definite her. theme yeah. that you know they get ticked off at one another and yeah. Yeah. and make up pretty easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Dorothy had accused Blanche of sleeping with uh, the manager of the art gallery right, where yeah. they were both working. Right. And, I mean, that got to the point where, you know, Blanche is like, well, you can move out if you don't believe me, mm-hmm. you know, and she was going to. But then, yeah, they they made up. Yeah, easily. Blanche is a pretty forgiving person, it she seems is. like, overall. So, I mean, mm. she's, she's probably out uh, having dinner with Professor Cooper right now. <laughs> or Stan. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, possibly. Um, exactly. Well, Gilda. Yeah. So, you know, they agree that, you know, Blanche probably going to be mad for a while. Uh, Blanche enters, though. Clearly in a chipper mood, Rose questions why Blanche is so happy, and that you know, she even says that they should be mad at she they she should be mad at them for a long time, mm-hmm. and make him grovel and eat dirt. Yeah. Uh, Blanche tells him that you know she can't stay mad at them, and then owns her own role and why they didn't believe her even. Mm-hmm. Which and I did a- think right before Blanche starts to reply. Um, one of my favorite lines is Dorothy replying to Rose as she's going on and on about the different things that you know Blanche should put them through. And she says, uh, Rose, if you give us the silent treatment, I will eat dirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a pretty good line. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was saying she even owns her own, I guess, culpability in, in this mm-hmm. bit where she, you know, uh, as to why they wouldn't believe her necessarily. She admits that, you know, occasionally she does embellish her stories about encounters with men. Uh, but she thinks she's learned her lesson. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does go on about that, like how it's kind of a bit of a Southern thing. Right. Why, if you don't, Even if you don't have a good time, you shouldn't bore other people with you know, a sad story or whatever. Yeah. Rose suggests, you know, they hug it out, and they all enthusiastically kind of jump into a group hug. Uh, after all this, though, Dorothy kind of looks at Blanche and says, you know, while you're being open and honest with us, uh, what about, you know, Bob Fredericks? And, mm-hmm. you know, she says... And then Rose follows up with, well, how about Howard Asher? And I'm assuming these are all men that she's talked about. Yeah. And then Dorothy even asks, again, Eric Murdoch. Blanche says, all of them are true. And then uh, with regard to Eric, it was true, true, because he had a twin brother. Right. Which was really similar to, didn't she, didn't she date twins again mm-hmm. before? Bob and Rob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they all kind of uh, laugh hysterically, and they hug again. And then the camera shows Blanche, you know, and her hands behind her back with her fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying that, so what parts are true, what parts aren't, we don't know. See, I wish it kind of would have gone the other way. I mm-hmm. wish that she would have been like, no, no. And then, then they would have hugged it out, and then she would have had the fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, Blanche really did, <laughs> you know. Um, 
So we don't know to what end she's a floozy, what end she's not. Well, I mean, I get the. I would take it as that she was lying about all of them, um, at least all the, the three that they mentioned. But, or maybe she's just lying about the twins, and that's what gives us the double fingers crossed. Exactly, <laughs> so. it's a double negative. It doesn't make it true. That's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. It's a so. very good point. So yep. So that closes out the episode. Um, a lot of extras in this episode, but only five people that were credited roles. Yeah. Um, five From speaking or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we had a uh, Gill. Yeah. Played by John Shuck. Yeah. Uh, he was in Mash. Yeah. Um, did seventy three episodes as Herman Must Munster on mm-hmm. the Monsters Today, which. Yeah. It was from 87 to 91. I don't have any memory of that show, mm-hmm. um, but apparently, you know, it ran for a decent length yeah. of time. The Monsters? Yeah. Well, the... The, the remake. Yeah, The oh, Monsters okay. Today was the name okay. of it. Um, and then uh, Macmillan and Wife, he was on 39 episodes mm-hmm. of that. But then he also had roles in a Star Trek. All these were bit parts, but yeah. Star Trek Enterprise, Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh-huh. and then the movies Star Trek uh, Four and Six. Yes. Did um, he have the same like character in those? No, Four and Six. He in yeah. both he was a I think a Klingon, Klingon ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. The okay. other three were all completely different. Yeah. Four and six are solid. They're amongst my very favorites. Do you remember him as the Klingon ambassador in either? No, of those? no, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I just remembered him from Mash. Mm-hmm. So. And then uh, the secretary was played by... Uh, Real quick. Yeah. So he played Painless um, in MASH. Okay. And beyond, I don't know, everything else, he was the first person in a major motion picture to drop an F-bomb. Oh, really? Yep. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yep. So the uh, the secretary was played by Sarah Partridge. Uh, she only had 20 titles to her name. I guess probably most well-known as uh, the voice of uh, Wind Whistler for My Little Pony. Yeah. Uh, then we had a uh, reporter number one mm-hmm. was a uh, Darwin Carson, fifty-two mm-hmm. titles to her name. One of those being uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Nice. Um, you probably remember her best as a uh, Miss Luger in a Nude Colony of the Dead. So because I know two, uh, it was one, I believe. Oh, so that's not is that is that the interior <laughs> of the two? <laughs> it is. It is. I know that that's an intersection of two of your passions. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, and the other one. Uh, Reporter 2 was David Westgore. Uh, only nine titles to his name. None of them Star Trek related. Mm. So that uh, that is our list of uh, guest actors in that particular one. So Ski, who gets your MVP for this episode? I give it to Blanche. I thought, you know, she uh, led the narrative primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, remained mostly truthful to her friends. Besides potentially at the end. Who knows? Right, sure. Uh, and then uh, while also inspiring Gil, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely would give it to Blanche also. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good Blanche episode uh, where yeah, I thought she was funny in the parts. I don't know. I, I just thought it was she was good all the way around, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How about you, Brent? Who got it for you? Uh, Gil. Gil. Yeah. Um, I just thought that. I just thought it was just a really, really good performance. And it wasn't. I mean, it was a marked improvement over Coco's performance, mm, okay. just as far as, like, it wasn't stereotypical or anything like that. Right. So, I just like that, you know, he handled it with a bit of class and a bit of grace and everything. So, yeah, kudos enough. to him. Yeah. Yeah, he did. A, it, it was He did. He was definitely an excellent uh, guest star. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like he stole the show, whereas I felt like Blanche, you know, kind of mm-hmm. rose above in this particular episode. Yeah. So, uh, how many slices of cheesecake for you, Brent? Um, I am going to give it a number of slices of cheesecake equivalent to. <laughs> so, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake? Five. Five. <laughs> okay, five for Brent. Yeah. Um, five and a half. Five and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little above. 
I was going to say five and a half, too. How are you? Yeah. I've got it written down right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was a little above average, um, mm-hmm. but I gave it four and a half. Okay. I, I thought that it was, yeah, I guess I would just leave it at that, a little above average. Um, yeah. I didn't think that it blew me away, but mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed it. Four yeah. and a half, a little above <laughs> average. So overall, a solid episode. I think I would have liked it better if I wasn't so burned out on politics stuff right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have to say. I would have to say that the today's political climate didn't play any role in my rating for the episode. Yeah. Um, but maybe it was just that it was cut up so much into so many different little sections. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it also didn't have a ton to do with politics, honestly. Well, no. Uh, but but overall, like I said, enjoyable episode. Certainly would recommend it to anybody as as I would, you know, the entire series. But it's mm-hmm. not going to be competing at the end for yeah. Sophia's Choice. Yeah. So. yeah, if you've listened this far and haven't checked out an episode yet, I'd check out a different one first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would say if you're going to check out just one episode so far, and I'm not saying this will win the best episode, but I'd say The Way We Met would be really the intro. Hmm. Don't you think? I guess. I don't, it's not, <laughs> not what I would have gone with. But. What, what would you go with through just through the what we've rated and reviewed so far, which would be <laughs> the one you would tell people to uh, Empty motherfucker. nest. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Just looking at your dumb face, I knew that was what you were going to say. <laughs> then they'd watch the rest of the the, the series like, well, it didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> right. Yeah, what are we going to see? We barely even <laughs> saw those characters. They <laughs> They're the stars of the show. Exactly. <laughs> Where's Paul Dooley? Right. Exactly. Where's Paul Dooley? <laughs> and then they'd uh, see that one oh, episode that one again time. and they'd be like... Is this supposed to be a prequel? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's happening here? Exactly. It's not the same guy. Yeah. Don't you wish they like um, I don't know. Like I wish they would have had an episode of the Golden Girls where it's almost like a murder she wrote, where just the four of them show up and solve a murder. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun type of a series to make in general. Like yeah. if you could have something where every episode of it. Mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of copied off of or mirrored a different genre mm-hmm. of TV, yeah. you know, or at least something different subgenre, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it would have been nice if the Golden Girls did some of that. Would you have enjoyed it if they did a musical episode at some point? Oh, definitely. And did, like, a courtroom drama? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, I guess missed opportunity. Uh, uh, but no, they still made a great missed. show. That's future opportunity. Oh, so for Golden Girls Part Two? No, that's that's the series we make. Oh, okay. The Golden Boys. <laughs> after well, after this is all over, that's that's what we're going to tackle. Okay, well, that's awesome. the series we're going to create and produce, and mm. you know that's our that's our plan. Well, until Golden Girls, the sequel comes out, or what would we call it, Ski? What would it be? I don't even care. Oh, okay. have, <laughs> I'm not even saying we have to have like the the it core. Oh, so it would just be us making a series. It wouldn't be about us doing the Golden Girls. Yeah, like we're that. not doing a podcast. Oh. This well, is a series we're going to create. See, and I said it was a missed opportunity for the Golden Girls, but you were meaning it was a, that it's not a missed opportunity in general because we could still make a show yeah, like that. you're just giving awesome ideas right okay. now. I, I thought that you meant based on the Golden Girls, no. and so I was thinking, I mean, well, how are we going to do that? We, we could do an animated series. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I feel like Maybe that one original voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, well, until that animated series comes out, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.